1: Away we go. Episode 448 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. And unfortunately, former Redskins quarterback Colt McCoy did not come through for us on Monday Night Football. Uh, He again was the Arizona Cardinals starting quarterback in place of the injured Kyler Murray. Uh, Colt and the Cardinals were facing... The San Francisco 49ers in Mexico City. A Niners loss would have meant that the Commanders had the third and final wildcard spot in the NFC. But alas, the Niners smashed the Cardinals in Mexico City. Ay caramba! Uh, Final score, 49ers 38 Cardinals 10, Trace McSorley ended up playing quarterback for the Cardinals for most of the fourth quarter. McSorley, by the way, a local. Uh, He went to Briarwood School in Ashburn, Virginia. Uh, And so the six and five commanders remain in eighth place in the NFC, now are a half game behind the Seattle Seahawks for seventh in the NFC, as the Niners now are tied with the Seahawks atop the NFC West, but the Niners have the tiebreaker. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. It was eight years ago, October 27th, 2014, that we had the Colt McCoy game, one of the most improbable wins. In Redskins history, a 2017 overtime win at the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football, uh, there unfortunately was no such success for Colt in this Monday Night game in Mexico City, although that certainly wasn't all on Colt, okay? He had an interception on a pass that went off the right hand of running back James Conner, who was open and should have made the catch. But the commanders still are in a good place, and we have a lot to discuss off the day after the game Zoom press conference of head coach Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon off the 23-10 win at the Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Ron on Monday afternoon was in quite the mood, as in quite the good mood, Uh, so much so that he late in the presser actually got asked about his mood. Uh, You'll hear that entire exchange and you'll hear a lot more from Ron as no podcaster show gives you key commander's audio like this podcast does. Uh, Next segment, I have a lot for you on quarterback Taylor Heideke, including some stunning stats from Pro Football Focus about Taylor versus Carson Wentz at quarterback for the Commanders this season. Uh, I'll also get into a number of things that Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon said about his decision to move forward with Taylor as a team starting quarterback. I'll then get into the big Commanders news for Monday afternoon. They have activated edge defender Chase Young to the 53-man roster. Yes, at last, Chase has been activated. Uh, whether he'll actually play in this Sunday afternoon's game against the 5-6 and six Atlanta Falcons at FedEx Field at 1 is a different conversation. But Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon had a lot to say about what he's looking for from Chase in order for him to play, and about expectations for Chase This season. Uh, And I will discuss more about the commander's defense. I mentioned pro football focus. Uh, We had some very impressive PFF grades for some commander's defensive linemen for their work in the win at the Texans. Uh, You'll also hear Ron talk up a number of commander's defensive players. And I have some good stuff for you from Ron on where the commanders are at right now as a team. Uh, by the way, I mentioned the Commanders' next opponent, the Falcons. Uh, significant news for them on Monday. Uh, they on Monday afternoon placed their stud tight end Kyle Pitts on the reserve injured list. Uh, also placed interior defensive lineman Taquan Graham on injured reserve. Uh, those are two key players for the Falcons. You can tweet me at AlGaldi. You can email me the AlGaldi podcast. At Yahoo.com, email from Devin Bradley on the Commanders writes: Devin, if the Redskins Commanders beat Atlanta, will this be another November to remember? Uh, thank you for the email, Devin. Uh, heck yeah, this will be another November to remember if the Redskins Commanders beat the Atlanta Falcons at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon. You know, Ron Rivera is doing it again, and by it. I mean his thing of winning after October. Rod Rivera now, as an NFL head coach, is 56 and 39 in November, December and January regular season games. Compare that with being 40, 48, and one in September and October, regular season games. Uh, yes, it is frustrating that Ron's, Washington teams and Washington teams in general, don't do better. In September's and October's, but credit to Ron for this penchant for figuring stuff out as seasons go on. Fifty-six and thirty-nine in November, December, and January regular season games. Uh, that is really impressive. Email from Michael King. On Maryland basketball, which now is ranked, uh, the Terrapins in the Associated Press Top 25 poll that came out on Monday are the number 23 team in the country. Uh, they are 5-0. and They, over the weekend, won the 2022 Basketball Hall of Fame tip-off at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut via blowout wins over St. Louis and Miami, writes Mike. Kevin Willard seems to be doing a nice job with these Terps. Uh, they seem to have fun and seem to score with some consistency, but they also seem to like to defend, play that way, and you're in a lot of games. Much more fun to watch them so far this year. So nice job this weekend. Congrats to the Terps. Uh, yes, thank you for the email, Mike. And yeah, the Terps' new head coach, Kevin Willard, is doing a very nice job. And by the way, Virginia, wahoo-wah, uh, it shot up to number five. In the latest AP poll, from 16 to five, uh, the Cavaliers over the weekend won the Continental Tire Main Event in Las Vegas, Nevada, with two wins over ranked teams. Then number five Baylor, and then number 19 Illinois. Email from Howard Gutman, the former United States Ambassador to Belgium, a graduate of Harvard Law School. Uh, the ambassador wrote me regarding the Nationals non-tendering pitcher Eric Fetty, uh, making him a free agent. I talked about this late in Monday's show episode 447, writes the ambassador. Is there any doubt that one, Fetty signs with the O's and two, wins comeback player of the year for 2023? Uh, Excellent email, ambassador. And no, there is no doubt. Uh, You know, it's never healthy to root against people in order to make yourself look better. You know, like that's not a good place to be. (laughs) But let's be honest. If you are the Nats, you are hoping like heck. That Eric Fetty does not do well elsewhere, because if he does, that is going to make you look so bad, especially off the Austin Voth situation, right? Voth struggled as a pitcher for the Nats for years. He then got claimed off waivers by the Orioles this past June, and he then pitched well for the O's, and he pitched well for the O's right away. It may not be healthy to root against people in order to make yourself look better, but if you are the Nats, there is no way that you are not dreading the scenario in which Fetty does well with another team and makes you look bad. Well, a law firm that will do good for you is Paulson and Nace. Uh, You know, Howard Gutman is very familiar with the work of a founding partner of the law firm of Paulson and Nace, the late, great Barry Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Polson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611, and when you call, make sure that you tell Polson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you Colson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith is unethical in his or her counsel or is negligent in his or her work, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no obligation appointment. Call 202 902 7611. That's 202 902 7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace. That Al Galdi sent you. and Nace is excellent at what it does. Polson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Call 202 902 7611. That's 202 902 7611. And when you call, tell Polson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. and Nace, if you have a case, contact Polson and Nace. Well, thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a brief review saying that you like the podcast. Uh, It's interesting that Taylor Heineke's first full week as the commander's new starting quarterback as opposed to an injury replacement starting quarterback, uh, is for a game against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, six and five commanders, home to the five and six Falcons, this Sunday afternoon at one. Uh, first of all, Taylor is from the Atlanta area. Second of all, one of Taylor's best games last season was a game at the Falcons. Uh, October 3rd, 2021, the then Washington football team improved it two and two with a 34-30 win at the Falcons. Taylor in that game, 23 of 33 for 290 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. He took just one sack, and he had five carries for 43 yards. His total QBR per ESPN for the game was 88.7, which is outstanding. Uh, QBR is on a scale of of 0-100. Uh, speaking of advanced stats, though, I had to laugh at something that I came across on Monday. So it is true that Taylor Heineke deserves to be the commander's starting quarterback right now. That said, there is an element of some luck here. And I bring that up not to knock Taylor. Uh, as you likely know, I have been a big proponent of Taylor for a while. Uh, I bring this up only to highlight the reality of playing quarterback, and that reality includes things over which a quarterback has little to no control. Take a listen to this. For Pro Football Focus, Commander's pass catchers over Taylor Heineke's five starts in the 2022 regular season have zero drops. Yes, zero drops. Meantime, Commander's pass catchers over Carson Wentz's six starts in the 2022 regular season Have 13 drops. So, how about that? With Taylor as the starting quarterback, zero drops. (laughs) With Carson as the starting quarterback, 13 drops. And incredibly, the drops also are a thing in the opposite way in terms of interceptions. Also, per PFF, Taylor Heineke over his five starts in the 2022 regular season has had five interceptions that have been dropped. Meantime, Carson Wentz, over his six starts in the 2022 regular season, has had three interceptions that have been dropped. So somehow, some way, Taylor Heineke is getting Commander's players not to drop his passes, but is getting opposing teams' defensive players to drop his passes. Uh, this, my friends, is what you call the Taylor Heineke magic. The magic of Tay-Tay. There is something about this guy. There is some kind of juju going on with this guy. Heck, go back to the 23-10 win at the Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon. Taylor had that brutal near-pick on the game's opening drive, right? Commander's first offensive drive was the opening drive of the game, resulted in a first quarter three and out. The second snap of the drive, second and nine for the Commanders at their 25. Taylor on a shotgun play-action pass, evaded the rush, did a nice job in that regard, but then threw a terrible deep pass that so should have been intercepted by defensive back Jalen Petrie, but the pass somehow was dropped. The Taylor Heineke magic. There is a Kavorka with Tay-Tay. That's hard to explain. Uh, Commander's Head Coach Rod Rivera, he did a day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon. He got asked by Commander's insider Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington about what I am calling the Taylor Heineke magic. Here was that exchange. Some of those little things that are like hard to quantify. So are there times even when you're sitting there and you're just like, I don't really see how this is happening, but I, I kind of get it. Like it's almost, there's times where it's mystifying. Do you feel that perhaps? Oh,
2: absolutely. It's just like the throw he made in the Vikings game to, um, you know, to, 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 to Curtis. I mean, he, he, he put it out. And what's crazy. Somebody posted it. My wife showed it to me was well, he did it his freshman year at, at, at old dominion, you know, he scrambles around and just heaves one and he's got a receiver come out of nowhere and makes the catch for the touchdown. Well, we kind of had the same thing and, but, but it's one of those things that he knows where he needs to go with the ball, where it should be, and he just launches it. Um, and, and he does it in a fashion where it's like he almost expects good things to happen.
1: Yes, he does. Uh, you know me, I am a big fan of analytics, I talk. Analytics all of the time. I was talking football analytics on the radio in the Washington D.C. area years before doing so was popular. There very much is a school of thought that says that the Taylor Heineke magic, that the Taylor Heineke Kavorka, uh, can continue that all of these interceptable passes are going to eventually start becoming interceptions. And keep in mind that he already does throw interceptions at a pretty high rate. But you know what? For now, let's just enjoy the ride. Let's not overthink this. Let's not overanalyze this. There is so much to like about this guy and respect about this guy. Let's just let it ride. Taylor Heineke is the commander starting quarterback. Moving forward, uh, what exactly that means still hasn't been made crystal clear, but that's kind of the point, right? Uh, Rod Rivera, during his post practice press conference last Wednesday evening, announced that Carson Wentz, who of course is eligible to come off the reserve injured list, uh, had only just been cleared to throw in his recovery from a fractured right ring finger. And so Taylor Heineke would be the team starting quarterback at the Texans. Then we on Sunday morning had multiple reports that Taylor Heineke is remaining as the commander's starting quarterback. And then Ron Rivera during his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon said, quote, we're gonna go with Taylor, end quote. And when asked what Taylor had shown Ron to lead him to this decision, Ron said, quote, winning, end quote. Uh, What seems to be the case is that Taylor Heineke will remain as the commander's starting quarterback as long as he plays reasonably well and the team is winning. As NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com reported on Sunday morning, quote, as one source explained, Heineke will remain the starting quarterback until he's not. In other words, until there is no choice but to make a move, end quote. Uh, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon opened up about more of the why behind going with Taylor Heineke as the team's starting quarterback.
2: Well, I, I think that, that, again, through his experience of having been in the system, you know, for, for quite some time, you know, there is a comfort level he has and a calmness about him in terms of of, of the way he does things. Um, and it's funny I say that because, you know, sometimes he looks like his hair is on fire um, because, it, I mean, he, he he's he's so hyper. I mean, the, the, the dude is constantly going, which is, and I think his teammates feel, feed off of that energy, which has been a big plus. So I think there's a lot of things that go into why. Um, and, is, and, and and winning is obviously the first and foremost thing, because when you're winning, it's easy to buy into it um, and, and get behind it. Um, you know, and the biggest thing too, and let's don't forget, you know, what he did when he got here, you know, in, in, in 2020. And I think there, there's still a lot of that after effect um, and then the guy got the opportunity last year, came in and 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 you know we win the the Giants game in the fashion he did it. that that was that was pretty impressive. So I, I think there's a lot of lot of little things that he's done that have really kind of added up to this moment.
1: Interesting to hear Rod Rivera bring up that Giants game. Uh, I earlier in the segment brought up Washington's win at the Falcons in week four of last season. Uh, well, Washington had a win over the New York Giants at FedEx Field on Thursday Night Football in week two of last season. September 16th, 2021, a 30-29 walk-off win. Taylor Heineke in that game, 34-46 of 46. For 336 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, he took one sack, and he had four carries for just six yards. Taylor won that game with his arm. Uh, He, in the fourth quarter, had an outstanding first and 10, 19-yard shotgun play-action touchdown pass to tight end Ricky Seals-Jones on a perfectly placed pass to Seals-Jones, who, to his credit, made a really nice leaping catch with his arms outstretched above his head, near the back right corner of the end zone. Uh, But that was some performance by Taylor uh, in that win over the Giants in week two of last season. Taylor Heineke in the 2020 and 2021 seasons was never supposed to end up as Washington's starting quarterback. Things just worked out to where he ended up being a starting quarterback for Washington. But Taylor, at least for now, is the team's true QB1. And that's obviously significant, especially considering his story, right? With him having been out of the NFL when Washington in December 2020 signed him to the team's practice squad. Signed him, as you may recall, to be the team's so-called quarantine quarterback in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, although Taylor quickly became a lot more than just the team's quarantine quarterback. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on if he could tell when he told Taylor Heineke that he was remaining as the commander starting quarterback, how much that meant to Taylor.
2: Yes, I I really do believe it. Um, And, uh, you know, it it, it really is a heck of a story just because the young man works at it, you know, and and again, this is nothing against Carson. It's just, Right now, you have a guy that's hot and that's playing really well and confident, and his teammates have bought in. and And, and I've got to respond uh, appropriately, as, as you know. And again, because I, I have a fiduciary responsibility to the organization that I have to do what's best for us, not for me individually or anybody else individually, but for us as a collective unit, as as a team. And so I take that responsibility very seriously. I've thought about this for the last twelve years, you know, as a head coach. Is what am I going to do if I ever get in this situation? I really have. And I've gone back and forth and, and, and have really thought through and, you know, and, and lo and behold, you know, here comes the opportunity to do what I've always thought about. And, and I've, you know, kind of stuck to what I've, I thought I would do. That is, if I have a guy that's playing really well in this situation, I've got to believe in it and just keep going.
1: That to me was especially interesting from Ron Rivera that he for years had thought about a situation like the one that he currently has with Taylor Haneke and Carson Wentz and Ron had thought about what he would do in such a situation. Uh, well, we are seeing what Ron would do. Uh, part of why Taylor is remaining as the commander starting quarterback uh, is the connection that he has with With his teammates. It is a connection that, of course, has become undeniable. We're really getting a window into this connection that he has with his teammates via this thing with the Jordans, as in Michael Jordan, as in, you know, the former Wizards player, Michael Jordan, uh, as you likely know by now. Taylor Heineke buys Michael Jordan sneakers, buys Jordans in the colors of the teams that Taylor beats. That, that is such a low-key gangsta move by Taylor, buying these Jordans in the colors of the teams that Taylor slays. Uh, but Taylor last week revealed that he was buying Jordans for commander's offensive linemen. And Taylor, during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon, revealed that he this week was buying sneakers for commanders tight ends. So, Taylor is spreading the wealth. He is spreading the Jordans. Uh Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon was asked what he thinks about Taylor buying sneakers for himself and teammates and this was Ron's answer.
2: That's better than um no, Nabucco, get me in trouble. Um it's um it's uh it, it's I was going to say better than bear. Um but uh, <laughs> I think it's cool. I really do, because you know it's kind of Taylor's shtick right now. Um, and 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 just so you know, I poked a little bit of fun at him the other day. I, I broke out my uh, my own Jordans just to just to get on him a little bit. So, but it's kind of cool because it really is. His teammates responded. It's kind of funny because uh, I got some of the defensive guys are screaming at him. Hey, why don't you give us a couple? So who knows? Right now, I know he's working on the tight ends this this week. Last week he did the offensive line. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of a neat thing.
1: Yeah, by the way, the beer joke from Ron Rivera, a reference to him having disciplined multiple Commanders players for consuming alcohol on the team flight back from Philadelphia after the 32 21 win. At the Eagles, now two Monday nights ago, uh, Taylor was one of the players drinking on the plane. Uh, The NFL has a policy that prohibits alcohol on team flights and at team facilities. Uh, Of course, Taylor boozing on the plane probably made him even more popular with his teammates. Uh, Well, working with real estate agent Kellen Hunt will make him as popular with you as Taylor is with his teammates. Uh, You know, now's actually a good time to buy a home. Uh, Yes, mortgage rates have gone up, but that has led to an increase in housing inventory, and that increase is driving down prices. Uh, You right now can get really good homes in the Washington, D.C. area at bargain prices. And remember, you can always refinance once the mortgage rates come down, and they will come down. And so if you or someone who you know is interested in buying a home in the Washington, D.C. area, Contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkel.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L dot Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has his finger on the pulse of developments all around the DC area. He is a DMV native. He lives and breathes the culture. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to to local neighborhoods and economical development and schools and market conditions and all that makes the Washington, D.C. area unique, and Kellen Hunt closes deals. He wins. He is here for you to listen to what you want and then get you what you want. No matter your age, family situation, or financial situation, Kellen Hunt can help you. He is a real estate agent for real people, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Who doesn't want some extra money right now? Give it inflation. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing and he wants to help. So visit closeitwithkel.com. That's CloseItWithKell, lcom Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Visit closeitwithkel.com. See what Kellen Hunt can do for you by booking an introductory call with Kellen Hunt at CloseItWithKell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kell. Visit CloseItWithKell.com and tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. It is crazy how things can work out. Uh, This Sunday is November 27th, 2022. It is the 15th anniversary of the death of Redskins safety, Sean Taylor. And it also may well mark the return game for Washington's most gifted defensive player since Sean, edge defender Chase Young. We on Monday afternoon, finally, mercifully, (laughs) got the big news the Commanders have activated Chase to the 53-man roster. Uh, head coach Rod Rivera began his day-after-the-game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon by saying the following.
2: Well, I want to go ahead and announce to you guys that um, we are going to activate uh, um, Chase, and, and we will work him and, and, and with the intent of if he's ready to play, he'll play, and if he's not, he'll wait another week. But, uh he had, um, he's, uh, he's ready to go as far as being activated. So he will be on the 53 today. I love the science. That means you guys are all tweeting real fast.
1: Yeah, that was funny from Ron Rivera, who for his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon was in a rather good mood. And why the heck not? His team has won five of its last six games and now is six and five of the 23-10 win at the Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon. But yeah, Chase Young is back the man on whom the Redskins spent the number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft is back. Although, as you heard Rod Rivera say, there's no guarantee that Chase will play in the Commander's next game, which is home to the 5-6 and six Atlanta Falcons this Sunday afternoon at 1. The Chase Young injury and recovery have been quite the ordeals. Uh, he, on November 14th, 2021, in Washington's win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field suffered a torn right ACL. We have since come to know that what he suffered was a lot worse than a basic torn right ACL. We have learned that he also suffered a torn right MCL. Uh, chase, in a post-OTA practice press conference this past June 1st, revealed that a graft from his left patellar tendon had been used for his right knee. Uh, NFL insider Jordan Schultz, This past August 23rd tweeted that Chase's injured right leg also had included a, quote, fully ruptured patella, end quote. Uh, And then there has been Chase's path back to the active roster. Uh, He ended up being on the reserve physically unable to perform list from August 23rd to November 21st. That was a lot longer than just about anyone ever anticipated. Uh, The commanders on November 2nd activated Chase to return to practice. They had until this Wednesday, November 23rd, to activate him to the 53-man roster. And now, at last, that has happened. And understand that when I talk about the lengthy nature of Chase's recovery and the lengthy nature of his path back to the active roster, these things are not his fault. Uh, These things are not the team's fault. This just ended up being a much worse situation than anyone ever hoped for or perhaps even thought. So now, what with Chase Young? Uh, this was Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on what he's looking for from Chase in order for him to play in a game. Well, just
2: the biggest thing is 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 you know we want to see where he consistently cut cuts it loose. We, we want to make sure you know there's that the, the, he's confident, there's no hesitation, you know, and and that's what we're looking for in practice. And he's you know he's he's working hard. He's doing all the things we're asking of him that's just, you know, one of, th- one of the things that we're, we got to work through for him. And, and again, it's about him being comfortable and confident.
1: Yeah. And regarding Chase Young being confident in the right knee, I thought that this was a telling reveal from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. He got asked if he last week started to see Chase Young do more of what Ron wants to see. Here was Ron's answer.
2: Yeah, you start to see it, you know, and and, and when, especially when he's not thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, and, and I watch it very closely and every now and then I'll see him kind of like, uh, just kind of check to make sure it's fine. And, you know, so again, we just we want to make sure. And, and because we don't want, you know, last thing we want is for him to get back out to get hurt again.
1: Yes, uh, that would be the nightmare scenario. Uh, this season is Chase Young's third NFL season. He had a great 2020 rookie season for which he was the Associated Press Defensive Rookie of the Year, but he then had a very disappointing 2021 season that, of course, was ended prematurely by injury. Uh, Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on a reasonable expectation for Chase once he starts playing in games.
2: Well, I think to gradually, you know, get somewhere around, you know, 12 to 16 plays uh, as he starts and and, and mix him into situational football. Um, And then hopefully by the time we get near the end, he's somewhere in the the mid-20s to mid-30s. You know, the last thing I think, again, wanting to expose him to, to way too many plays too early.
1: Yeah. Now, there's something about the Chase Young situation that is a very good thing, but also is something that makes you wonder about some other things. And the something is that the commander's defensive line has been outstanding this season. The truth is that the commanders haven't missed Chase Young. And I say that as a compliment to the team's other defensive line players, not as a shot at Chase, but Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne and Montez Sweat have been superb, and the likes of James Smith-Williams and FA Obada and Casey Tuhill and John Ridgway have done very nice jobs as well. What you don't want is for Chase Young coming back to end up disrupting a good thing. Now, hopefully Chase adds to the good thing. Hopefully Chase makes a good thing even better. And I do think that that could happen. But this is Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on how he makes sure that the return of Chase doesn't disrupt the success of the defensive line.
2: I think the big thing, more than anything else, is, is as he works back into it, it's about you know integrating him into what we're doing gradually, and, and, and that's also something that we have to be smart about because again, remember, he didn't go through training camp, he didn't have OTAs in Minnetonka, um, and, and you know he, he's only been doing, you know, football stuff for for the last portion of 21 days, you know, and it's it's three days of practice for the most part. So that's only really nine practices he's had. So we have to slowly integrate him into it, get him more acclimated to it. And when he's ready to roll, you know, give him an opportunity to gradually increase that number of plays. Um, And I don't disagree with you. We have a really good mixture of guys right now that are playing really well as a group. And, you know, and I know that's the last thing that anybody wants, especially Chase, is to come in and be disruptive. So we'll gradually and we'll have to be smart, but we'll do this the right way.
1: All right. And I do give Rod Rivera, Chase Young and the commanders credit. They have taken a very conservative, measured, deliberate approach to the Chase Young situation. Uh, You certainly can't say that they've been reckless or overzealous or boisterous or anything like that. Uh, While we're talking commander's defensive line, so another great performance in the win at the Texans. Uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Montez Sweat. Those three guys were so good. Uh, They combined for five sacks. Uh, The defensive line was a big part of a commander's run defense that stuffed Texans running back Damian Pierce held him to 10 carries for, for just eight yards. I still can't get over that. 10 carries, eight yards. Uh, Jonathan Allen for the game was the highest graded Commanders player for Pro Football Focus. Uh, he registered an overall grade of 90.2 PFF grades or on a scale of 0 to 100. Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on If It's Time for Jonathan Allen and Duran Payne to receive Pro Bowl consideration and perhaps even All-Pro consideration.
2: Um, and, and I'd throw a few other guys in that discussion, too. You know, uh, I think Montez is a young man that's, that's, that's been very worthy of that stuff. Um, I think Jamin's a guy that's going to creep into the conversation a little bit because um, he's, he's, he's done some good things. Um, you know, and then you look at what we've got at Corner and, and Benjamin St. Juice is starting to get a little more respect from people. I think um uh Kendall Fuller is just a steady veteran guy that you can count on. Uh, I like what we're getting from our combination of safeties. You know, it, it's it's kind of interesting because depending on the personnel grouping, you could have Defoe, Cam, and Bobby all three out there. And what one point one's playing the nickel, the other one's playing the buffalo, and the other one. You know, is, is is playing the strong, or he? Next thing you know, he's playing the free. I mean, we've got guys that are, are are showing some position flex and mixing some things up, and and I think that's been very helpful. So it's a good group of guys. Um, but to your specific question, yeah, I, I think both Jonathan and Duran Deron do, do deserve to have some 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 more light shed on, on 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 who they are as football players, and they've done a good job for us. They really have, and they've been a a, a unique talent. It's kind of interesting because. You know, it's one of the things I talked about is you've got to have two quality defensive tackles. Um, and, and we were fortunate, you know, in, in, in my previous coaching stint, head coaching stint, you know, we had two guys in Kaywon in, in Short and, and, and started to late that really helped set the tone for our defense. And, and that's what we're seeing right now. Um, and then I would say the same thing about our running back situation. Again, it, it, you know, we have two guys that setting the tone for our offense.
1: Well, who knows who from the commanders will make the Pro Bowl. Uh, Pro Bowl voting and Pro Bowl selections can be so shoddy and so bad, so I don't get too caught up in them. But the point is that Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Montez Sweat are all playing at Pro Bowl levels and I would argue all pro levels. Uh Montez for the win at the Texans was the third highest graded commander's player per pro football focus. He registered an overall grade of 84. And by the way, you heard Ron Rivera in that cut that I just played for you refer to the team's running back situation. How about Brian Robinson Jr.? He for the win at the Texans was the highest graded commander's offensive player for pro football focus. Overall grade of 86. Uh, Robinson had 15 carries for 57 yards. He was not targeted in the passing game. He played on 34% of the commander's offensive snaps. He was really impressive in terms of breaking tackles and generating yardage after contact. So good for him. Up next, more from Rod Rivera's Day After the Game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon, including Ron on the state of the Commander's season and Ron on why he was in such a good mood during the press conference. Well, few things are better after Commander's wins than the videos from the team's victorious locker rooms. Uh, We, for whatever reason, didn't get the posting of such a video for the 23-10 win at the Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon until Monday morning. But here was how the video sounded. Uh, You will hear head coach Rod Rivera address the team. And then you'll hear interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen address the team.
2: Hey, it's a hell of a game, it's a hell of a game, a lot of good things, a lot of positive things guys, but understand one thing, a little bit sloppy, we can be better, we got to be better, that's the truth of the matter, understand who you guys are, who you becoming, coming to help the football team, the only way you can do that, pay attention to the details, understand how important the little things are, and when you get a chance to finish the game, finish it strong, finish it strong, a lot of positive things guys, we're going we're, we're gonna to learn from these things. Go right,
3: ahead, Jonathan. Hey, as a, as a team, I think we understand we didn't really finish the way we wanted to. Yeah. Defense, they had nine yards in the first half and they did, they did all that in the second half. Yeah. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because when we win, it, sometimes it's hard to see the lesson because we're excited and I don't want to dampen the mood, but we got to understand that first half, we really show what we can do. Defense in the second half, we can't come out here and be sloppy and, I, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I wasn't as focused as I should be. Offense, I know you guys are better than that in the red zone and I'm not calling anybody out, I'm calling everybody out because we got to be better. We play like that on Monday night against the Eagles. We don't win that game. We know that. Good win. We're going to enjoy it. Let's, let's refocus. You know what I mean? Let's not have to have a loss to get ourselves
2: refocused. There right, you go. Team all three. One, two, three. Team.
1: I have to tell you, I really like that. Uh, what you heard in that cut was what you heard from Ron Rivera during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon. And that was this sense of, yeah, we won, but we can be better. And we need to be better. And that is, of course, the right attitude. You don't become great by harping on the things that you did well. You become great by addressing and fixing the things that you didn't do well. And that doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge and celebrate the things that you did well, but you get better by recognizing how you can get better. Uh, We, after the win at the Texans on Sunday afternoon, had a rather different tone than the yelling and screaming and celebrating and boozing uh, that took place after the commanders' 32-21 win at the Philadelphia Eagles now two Monday nights ago. Now, one of the things that you heard in that cut that I just played for you was Rod Rivera saying to his team, "quote Understand who you guys are, who you're becoming." and quote. Understand who you guys are, who you're becoming. Ron, during his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon, was asked what his message was in saying that. Here was his answer:
2: "Well, my message is they're a solid young football team that's kind of finding their way. They're they're scrappy, they're tough, they're, they're underdogs. Um, you know, they're 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 guys that are are striving to be the best. And again, it, it's all about the messaging, just so these guys understand." You know that they have the ability to, to 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 ascend to to another level. I really think so, and and it's a good locker room of young men that work hard. That that I think have learned to trust each other and believing in what we're trying to do. And those are all things that 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 lead to positive things. And that's what we're trying to get these guys to understand. You know, it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, for the things that we've done lately, and and you can feel a little bit of around town building momentum. I, I stopped to get gas today, and. I had five people come over and congratulate me, and you know, and it, it was really kind of a cool thing just to have, you know, a lot of the fans step up and you know, and, and just congratulate. I mean, that that was kind of a cool thing, and you know, it's it, So I, I kind of feel a little momentum that we're building, and hopefully we can we can we can kind of capture that momentum. And I mean, you know, there had to be ten thousand commander fans there, and 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 in um, in NGR at um um in Houston I just thought that was amazing I mean, and our, and our, our players mentioned it and talked about it so that, that's a really cool thing I'm, I'm I'm very very happy for our guys
1: I love that anecdote from Rod Rivera that he on Monday stopped to get gas and five people came up to him to congratulate him on what's happening with the team and yeah Ron was totally right about NRG not NGR as Ron said, uh NRG Stadium in Houston, uh so many Commanders fans. That really was something, right? Commanders fans took over NRG Stadium in Houston, the way that so many opposing teams fans have overtaken FedEx Field so many times over the last 15 years. You know, the Commanders are 6 and 5 overall. They are 4 and 2 on the road versus 2 and 3 at home. I mean, think about that. 4 and 2 on the road. Versus two and three at home. Where this commander season is headed is anyone's guess. Uh, When the commanders fell to one and four, I said that I wanted one of two extremes for the commanders the rest of the season. Them to either go on a great run or them to lose a bunch of games. The middle will do us no good. Either finish, say, nine and eight or better. Or finish, say, four and thirteen or worse. The middle is a road to nowhere. Well, now that the commanders have gone five and one since the four-game losing streak, uh, they need to keep winning, okay? They need to make it so that this stretch of five wins in six games leads to the playoffs. Because if the stretch doesn't lead to the playoffs, then the stretch is going to end up leading to just the team's position in the 2023 NFL draft having been damaged, okay? So you're in with all of these wins. In for a dime, in for a dollar. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on a point of emphasis right now.
2: What we're trying not to do is let winning uh, overshadow the details of what we got to get corrected. It's, it's one of the things that we've been talking about is winning masks, a lot of things. And we've talked about that openly. We've talked about making sure we paying, paying attention to the little things we do, um, you know, because one of the things that we got on um, that these guys really responded to, it's about what we do, not what we can't do. Uh, and then secondly, it's about what we can do better. And that's another emphasis that we've had. And it's good to see the guys mimicking that, um, especially when one of your team leaders steps up and talks about it. Um, you know, and, and, and we've had a couple of really good postgame speeches by the players. Last week's by Terry was very emotional, but it was also a, true to the fact that, hey, we really do control our, our own destiny if we stay focused in on one game at a time. Um, and then Jonathan talking about the details of what we do. I think that's another really good example of the guys understanding the messaging and buying in. Um, and I love what they both have said to our team. Uh, I think that's very important to us.
1: So, as I noted earlier in the show, Rod Rivera during this day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon was in a good mood. And of course, it's not hard to figure out why, but these Rod Rivera day after the game press conferences over the last few years have become like events. Uh, I have chronicled the Rod Rivera. Day after the game press conferences and discussed them and dissected them on the radio and on this podcast. His day after the game press conferences are must listen to audio often because Ron is angry and or emotional and or is saying things that very much shape the bigger picture with the team. But Monday afternoon featured a happy, upbeat, chipper Ron Rivera. And so we late in Ron's press conference on Monday afternoon had the following exchange with commander's insider, Ben Standig of the athletic.
3: We've done a lot of these zooms with you. I don't think I've ever seen you in a better mood. Is this the, uh,
1: how are you feeling? I mean, am I wrong? I don't feel like I've seen you happier than you seem to be right now. I am. I'm excited.
2: I'm excited about our potential. I really am. I mean, when, 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 your guys respond the way that that you hope that they would, and come out and play the way they did, um, and and then sit there and say, you know what, we could have been better. That 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 means a lot. It means that these young men are are, are coming together, they're believing in each other, they're believing in what we've talked about doing, and 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 that's a plus. I mean, that, that really is. It means a lot to me, um, just because I know how hard our coaches have worked, um, and, and what it's meant to them. You know, doing what they do. I mean. You know, it, it's, it's crazy, but, you know, I, I know people, oh, you know, oh, maybe you need to change this or you need to change that. You don't change for the sake of changing. Uh, and, and you look at what we're trying to do, and if you, if you constantly change, you never build. And it's kind of what we went through, you know, at my other stop, and that was, you know, we had to be patient. Now, there were some changes that, were, that eventually did have to be made, and I made them. But when, when you try to be consistent, you try to stay the, the course, um, and now it starts to come into place. That's a big deal, and, and hopefully we can continue to maintain that. I mean, and 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 trying to do it one game at a time, staying focused in, in one place. That's important. And right now, it, it's it's kind of gratifying to, to to be able to do that. I mean, you know, the the one thing I talked about last week was, you know, I said, guys, you know, you've accomplished something really tremendous, and I would hate to think that. We would come into a game and, and have a major letdown after such a high moment. So let's really focus in. And they did. And then they came out and, and they, they, uh, they, they, they did some really good things. Um, the defense set the tone for the game. With, with the second play on defense, you know, Kendall intercepts the ball for a touchdown. That just kind of set the tone for the rest of it for our guys. So that to me is that, that's a big
1: deal. There has been so much negativity and so much bad news and so much controversy, and so much ugliness, and so much dysfunction with the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders for years. Everybody knows this. I mean, think about all that has happened just since Ron Rivera came on board, just since Ron officially became Washington's head coach on New Year's Day 2020. It is nice, isn't it, to have good things to talk about right now. The team is on the rise. The team is getting better. The team is 5 and 1 since a 4 game losing streak and the team is very much in playoff contention. All right, one more thing before we call it a show. Virginia at Virginia Tech in football for this Saturday has been canceled uh, off the tragedy for the University of Virginia on November 13th. Uh, This news broke on Monday night. Statement from UVA, quote, the Atlantic Coast Conference announced today that the Virginia at Virginia Tech football game scheduled for Saturday, November 26th, has been canceled. Uh, The decision was made following communication between the Atlantic Coast Conference, Virginia and Virginia Tech Athletic Department Administration. The ACC and Virginia Tech continue to support UVA following the devastating tragedy which resulted in the deaths of three members of the Cavalier football team, Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry, and injuries to students Mike Hollins, also a Virginia football student athlete, and Marley Morgan, end quote. Uh, the shootings, as you likely know, were perpetrated by a former Virginia football player. Uh, Virginia's previously scheduled game, a home game against Coastal Carolina, also was canceled. Uh, There is some good news. Running back Mike Hollins has been released from the hospital. Uh, Hollins, by the way, according to his mom, actually ran back to the bus in which the shooting happened in order to help people and then got shot. Uh, So he is a hero in all of this. Uh, And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 449, will feature a special guest talking commanders, pro football focus, senior data analyst, Nick Ackridge. Uh, when you hear about Washington players in their PFF grades, uh, that often has been the work of Nick Ackridge. Uh, and Nick also happens to be a big commanders fan. So an in-depth PFF style breakdown of our surging commanders with Nick Anchorage on Wednesday's show. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday.
2: It's better than to um, no, Get me in trouble. Um, it's, um, it's, uh, it, it's I was going to say better than beer.
3: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.